And Deborah, Susan Rundgren has joined. I believe you're just waiting for Nova. Susan, did you want to test out your microphone? Sure. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. For those of you that are attendees for the Water Commission meeting, if you wish to make a comment, please uh, type into the chat the agenda item number that you wish to speak from and the clerk will bring you on board when it's public um, comment time during that agenda item. So Deborah, it's uh, five thirty. She did. Oh, I see. Okay, I see. Our client is joining us. All right. Nova, can you hear me? You want to do a mic check? How's this? Great. Thank you. Thanks. Excellent. Okay, I'd like to. Uh, Welcome everybody to the regular meeting of the Ventura Water Commission on June 22nd at 5.30 p.m. Can we have a roll call, please, Deborah? Commissioner Ackerman? Here. Commissioner Burton is absent. Commissioner Clyde? Here. Commissioner McCombs? Here. Commissioner Mulligan? Here. 
Commissioner McCord is absent. Commissioner Hubner. Here. I think I want to express uh, both Commissioner Burton and McCord um, send their regrets for um, being absent today. They wish they could be here, but other circumstances uh, didn't allow them to. So that uh, let's go to our first item, which are the minutes from the May 25th, 2021 regular session. And Chair Hubner, can I make a couple comments? There's some corrections. Certainly. Okay, on uh, the first item on the minutes, um, number one, the count for the, the motion carried should have been 501. And then there was a error in the general manager's report under council action. It's the third bullet point and it says water waste when it should say wastewater. Just those two corrections. Thank you. Any other changes from the commissioners or staff? Not, I'll entertain a motion. This is Susan. I move to approve the minutes with the changes noted by Deborah. I'll second that. Second the motion. Deborah, can you do roll call, please, when you have a moment? Commissioner Ackerman? Yes. Commissioner Clyte? Yes. Commissioner McCombs? Yes. Commissioner Mulligan? Yes. Commissioner Hubner? Yes. That passes five zero. Thank you very much. Uh, let's move on to item number two. This is our, uh, we'll have a general plan update. Uh, Ms. Rungren, could you introduce the speaker for this item, please? Sure, I'd be happy to. So with us tonight, we have Matt Ramey of Ramey & Associates. He's working with our community development department as well as all other departments and doing the general plan update. So Matt, if you wanna go ahead. Uh, sure. Um, thanks, Susan. Um, good evening, uh, members of the commission. I'm Matt Ramey with Ramey & Associates. Um, can you all hear me okay? Yes. Yes, okay, good. Um, thank you. Um, I, uh, uh, if we could go ahead and start the PowerPoint presentation, that would be great. Um, what I would like to do this evening is to provide a brief overview of the general plan update, um, and then have a brief discussion on some of the water-related issues that could be included in the general plan and how this commission um, envisions potentially using the general plan in the future. Um, just as we start to let you know, um, I am not a water expert. Um, I'm managing the general plan update process, um, which means I have to know a, a lot about a lot of things or, or a little about a lot of things. Uh, so any questions that you have that I may not be able to answer, I'll probably have to defer to staff or defer to my uh, Next slide, please. Okay, um, so what we wanna to do tonight is provide an overview of the um, concurrent planning efforts that are happening with the general plan, uh, provide uh, an overview of the engagement that we've done since the beginning of the project, um, which has been about a year, uh, discuss some preliminary community engagement results, 
and then um, have an overview of some upcoming meetings. Next slide. Okay. Go ahead. Next slide, please. Okay, so the first question um, is, what is this project? What is the general plan project that we're working on? Um, at its core, we're working on the general plan and doing a comprehensive update to the existing general plan, which was adopted in 2005. So it's about 16 years old now. Um, also um, associated with this project are two other um, side projects that we're doing for the city, including the local coastal program, which will be integrated in with the general plan, and then the climate action and resilience plan. Um, all of this will be incorporated and reviewed by an environmental impact report. Um, there are, as you know, lots of other activities that are going on in the city that will be integrating in with the general plan, including the active transportation plan and the historic context statement and historic survey, um, as well as uh, many other activities that the city is currently undertaking. Next slide, please. Um, for those um, who are not familiar with the general plan, the, it is a long-term policy document that guides the future actions of the city. Um, it identifies the community's strengths and addresses topics of concern. Uh, general plans are typically envisioned for 25 to 30 years, um, so it tends to be a higher level policy document rather than a very detailed implementation document. Um, the state has identified um, eight required elements um, for every general plan. Those are land use, circulation, um, which actually is not only about transportation circulation, but also about infrastructure, um, housing, noise, uh, conservation, including water conservation, uh, safety, open space, and then environmental justice, which is looking at disproportionate health impacts from environmental conditions. Jurisdictions can also include any other um, chapters or elements that they feel would be appropriate for the community and can also reorganize the chapters in any way. Um, one of the real values of the general plan is that it allows the community to come together to reflect how it wants to grow in the future, what the community priorities and values are, and then what the community will look like in the future. Next slide. We have a, as I mentioned, we have a consultant team who was working on this project. Uh, Ramey and Associates, um, which is my company, is leading the effort in collaboration with um, all the departments at the city of Ventura. Um, but we do have an extensive team who is helping us out on the project. Um, we have uh, eight sub-consultants working with us that you can see here that include um, RINCON for environmental analysis, ITERIS for transportation, uh, Circle Point for community engagement, Cultural Planning Group for Arts and Culture um, and others. Next. The existing general plan, as I mentioned, was adopted in 2005. Um, it's organized according to the community's goals for the future, um, and you can see those here. Uh, we have been digging into the existing general plan to identify both strengths and deficiencies. One of the strengths that we know is in the plan um, is that the overall vision um, is generally sound. Um, however, there are questions about uh, the amount and location of development. Um, one of the drawbacks to the existing general plan is that it tended to be, um, the language that's used for the policies tends to be higher level 
um, and not uh, specific or directive enough and didn't identify specific policies. Those are some of the things that we're hoping to address in this general plan update. Next. So why do we wanna update the general plan? It's only 16 years old. There's a lot in it that's good. Um, so we wanna make sure that we are refreshing the existing general plan. In the last 16 years, there's been a lot of new state legislation that has been passed both um, directly for uh, topics that need to be included in the general plan, uh, but also lots of other topics that relate to the general plan. Um, as you saw from the list of topics the general plan covers, it can cover most topics related to growth development and conservation. Um, we wanna make the document more usable. We wanna be able to evaluate the progress of the general plan over time. Uh, right now, the plan is used somewhat, but um, it was never uh, re examined um, after a few years to make sure that it was working properly. Uh, and we wanna be able to incorporate some recent and ongoing efforts, some of the ones that I, that I mentioned previously, like the active transportation plan, um, but also the new water, water planning efforts that the city is doing um, and this commission is working on. Um, most importantly, we wanna make sure that the new general plan is addressing critical topics that are affecting Ventura today. So growth and housing, are, are really two of the most important topics, but there's also wildfire risk, sea level rise, um, health, uh, social justice and equity, the economy and mobility. Next slide. Our flow of work for the project is uh, divided into six phases. Um, right now we are um, in the discovery and visioning phase, kind of right between those two phases. Um, but the discovery is really about existing conditions and identifying issues and opportunities. The visioning phase, we will then develop a long-term vision, um, actually really modify the existing long-term vision in the general plan and identify guiding principles and community values. From there, we'll identify uh, land use and transportation alternatives that can provide and identify different ways that the community can achieve the vision that it's identified. Once that broad vision um, and the, the detailed land use alternatives are created, we'll dive into the policy topics. Um, water will be one of those policy topics and water conservation. Um, and then we develop the plan and then it goes through the review and adoption process. Um, we expect that the plan will be about another year and a half out uh, from now and that the alternatives are going to be, we're gonna be working on them um, in the, um, we, started a little bit, but really working on them in the fall and into the early winter. Throughout all of the process, there's gonna be community engagement. Uh, our group um, is guided by the general plan advisory committee, um, but we've also had uh, surveys for the public, uh, discussion groups, and a public workshop as well. Next slide. The decision-making structure for the general plan is about engaging, recommending, and approving. Um, engaging is, as I mentioned, the general plan advisory committee, which is a 21 member committee appointed by the city council that helps guide us throughout the process. Um, we're meeting with them uh, approximately monthly throughout the whole process. Um, we're doing public workshops, interviews, surveys. We're meeting with the community councils. Um, we've met with them once and we're meeting with them again um, in August and September. Um, and so all of those groups, we take all of that information and um, through the engagement and, and uh, test ideas and come up with new ideas. Um, then those ideas um, for each phase go to the planning commission and the other commissions 
Um, and then finally, the document um, goes to the city council for review and approval. Next. As I mentioned, there's a lot of engagement that we have as part of our process. Um, we have a general plan advisory committee. We're doing um, six public workshops, five educational forums. Um, we've completed a couple of those already where we're um, presenting background information and then having a discussion around those topics. We're meeting with community councils. We're meeting with community groups. We're doing online surveys and paper surveys, pop-up workshops around town, um, road shows where we're going out to different groups and presenting information and obtaining feedback. Um, City Council and Planning Commission meetings and study sessions, and then meeting with boards and commissions. And these activities, the engagement activities vary depending on the task that we are working on, as you can see here in the graphic on the right. Next. We have um, spent quite a bit of time uh, trying to reach all residents. Um, this includes the production of bilingual materials and simultaneous interpretation at meetings. We have an ADA-compliant website. We're using digital communication channels. We're working with community groups to increase engagement. Um, and we are uh, attending meetings and community events. So we're going out to where the community is to obtain information rather than just having them come to us. Um, of course, that's been a little bit more difficult with COVID. Um, we hope that in, uh, in August and September, things will change a little bit. And then we're distributing printed materials at key locations throughout the city. Um, ultimately, with the engagement, we want to reach as many residents in the community as possible and a diversity of voices in the process so that we're not hearing from the same folks who have always been engaged. Next slide. To date, we've done a significant amount of engagement, including um, uh, 20 one-on-one -on -one interviews. We've met with all seven community councils. We've had four general plan advisory committee meetings, three educational forums, two online surveys, one community workshop. Um, we have a project website that's used quite frequently, an outreach database, and then with the help of the city comms team, we have a pretty robust social media campaign. Next slide. So what we've heard so far, let me just give you a quick summary. Um, you know, overall, uh, we have heard a lot about the assets um, in the community. People in Ventura really love the city. There's unparalleled access to nature, a small town character, um, charming neighborhoods. It's a beautiful location along the coast. Um, people love the downtown. There's a, a great distance to Santa Barbara and Los Angeles, so you're isolated, but yet also um, connected. And there's a strong support for all of the open space and the agricultural preservation. Next. Um, there are, however, multiple threats that we have heard about throughout the process so far. Um, one of the ones that we've heard the most about is housing, um, the cost of housing, uh, and the need to, um, to develop more housing, but then the tension between how do you grow and evolve over time while also maintaining the great character in the community. Um, we've also heard quite a bit about infrastructure strains from new development and concerns about that. Um, and I'm sure this commission is very familiar um, with that, but water has come up quite a bit uh, during our engagement process. Um, there's a lot of concern about mobility and transportation. There's concerns about um, the quality of life in the community. Um, homelessness has come up a lot, the high cost of living, uh, a declining middle-aged population and an aging population um, in the community. 
and the fact that people who grew up in the city may not and likely will not be able to move back to the city because of the high cost of housing. Um, we've also um, heard that there's economic and fiscal concerns that relate to quality of life and housing in that the people who, a lot of people who work in the city are not able to live here, particularly in the service sectors. Um, there's also an excess of retail, so we expect that uses may change in some areas of the city. Some of the retail areas may convert to other uses. And again, we know that this is an issue that relates to, um, to water and the approval of projects. Um, there's an overemphasis on public sector employment and a need to diversify the economy. And people are very concerned about climate change and the impacts it has on wildfire, um, sea level rise, and even natural resources such as water. Next. There are lots of opportunities that uh, the community has mentioned as well. Um, so we, we look at this early, when we do this early phase of work, we look, we look at what are the um, things that people love about the community, what are the issues, and then we ask people to think a little bit bigger about what are the things that they're, they want to achieve. And so again, housing came up a lot in the, the community wanted to have and build a diversity of housing type for all income levels so that people who grew up in the city could move back to the city so that people who work in the city could live there, um, but also to address um, a, a diverse economy, which means um, adding jobs to the city so that the people who live in the city don't necessarily have to commute outside in order to go to work. Um, there was a desire to focus new growth on the commercial corridors with limited changes in the residential areas and need to improve infrastructure um, and a desire for complete neighborhoods so people can walk to goods and services. Um, mobility and transportation came up a lot, particularly bicycle infrastructure, bicycle safety, and transit. Um, the desire to address the quality of life, um, bridging the digital divide has come up a lot um, as an equity issue in the city. Um, there was, um, there's been lots of conversation about economic development and diversifying the local economy and then expanding adaptation and resilience strategies and addressing safety concerns with wildfires, sea level rise, heat events, um, evacuation, and similar topics. Next. The um, upcoming meetings that we have on, uh, on the general plan, this is continually evolving and the website um, has a, um, has a, a will have always have the most up-to-date list um, we'd also encourage everyone to sign up or to be part of the mailing list because we distribute information regularly. Um, we're having a housing policy uh, general plan advisory committee meeting or GPAC meeting uh, next week on June 29th. And then we're um, having a vision and guiding principles meeting with the GPAC on July 20th. Um, we're also um, organizing um, additional educational forums. As I mentioned, we've completed three of those and we have four more coming up on health equity, environmental justice, transportation and mobility, sustainability, and then arts and culture. Um, we're also going out to the community councils between uh, July and September to dive deeper into the um, more specific issues, uh, opportunities, vision, and areas for change um, in the sub areas of the city. So rather than looking as a whole, dive deep into the individual neighborhoods. And then we're doing a series of community listening sessions to try and reach out to, um, to those who have not necessarily, the groups who have not necessarily participated in the process, um, including the Spanish-speaking population. Next slide. 
so we have, um, I want to uh, see if there's any um, questions that you all have for me about the process. Um, you can go to the next slide, please. And, um, and in particular, um, we do have some discussion questions. If you um, choose to answer them, this would be helpful for us, but it's not essential. Um, so the questions are, what are the most uh, critical water-related issues in Ventura? Um, we do have some of those, but you know, in particular, things that relate to the general plan. Um, are there any specific goals or outcomes you want to see included in the general plan? And then how can the general plan support the work of the planning commission? Um, so with that, I will turn it back over to the chair to, um, to ask questions or lead a discussion. Thank you, Mr. Ramey. So, uh, commissioners, um, anyone like to uh, address any of the questions or you have any comments um, that you'd like to provide tonight? Gerhard, this is Suzanne, if no one else has any questions. Please. Uh, I, I have something to um, Gerhard, so okay. after Suzanne. Great. Um, I guess my first, uh, the, sort of the question I would put back to you, Mr. Ramey, would be with regard to the um, expressed concerns on the part of um, the people who are saying that they're concerned that water is a critical issue and all of this new development, there's not enough water. I think one of the key things that needs to be communicated within the general plan is the fact that we do have a net zero policy, net zero fee in place and how that works. I think there is a significant lack of understanding on the part of most residents about how the entitlement process works. And there is, uh, you know, obviously if, you, if you're not involved in development, it's a very complex process and it's hard to understand that all of this new building was entitled many years ago um, and is just now coming to the point where it's economically viable. I think there's a, a very fundamental disconnect in understanding you know, how, how that works. And I think that is a key element that you all need to communicate within the context of the general plan. You can't address you know, all the entitlements that have already been given, that's, that's done. But I think it is critical that you address the fact that we have implemented since 2016 a net zero fee policy designed to ensure that any new projects seeking entitlement approval within the city limits have to either bring water rights or pay for water supply development. Thank you. I, I agree that um, based on what we've heard, there's not that understanding. Um, no. And that additional um, in, uh, education is needed around that. Um, you know, I think we can probably dive deeper into how we do that overall at some point. Um, but I, you know, I think uh, there really uh, there may not be that understanding broadly in the community. There's definitely not. <laughs> Thanks. Nova, you'd Thanks. like to go next? Yeah, and I uh, I did try to share these comments. Um, shortly before the meeting, um, but I think it was a violation of the Brown Act or something like that. But anyway, uh, these are uh, me brainstorming with myself. I agree with uh, the comment that um, was just made and uh, a little bit repeated here. So what are the most critical water related issues in Ventura? Uh, supply in face of long-term drought and climate change, 
balancing growth objectives that create new water demand with water supply, planning for worst case scenario and building resiliency. So this is me just kind of brainstorming with myself, but you asked, so I'm, I'm sharing this with you. Um, another is conservation of water, uh, continued public buy-in to water conservation approaches, increasing public understanding of our complex water supply system, including the following elements. We are currently completely dependent on local watershed precipitation, including recharge of groundwater aquifers. The Ventura Water Pure project will provide us with an additional resource and improve our resiliency. We are also dependent on ongoing agreements with multiple local water agencies and groundwater management agencies. And we must balance competing demands for river water with required protections for river flow, water quality, and riparian ecosystems. And a fourth point, we depend on an informed community to help us manage and conserve our pressure wa precious water resources and be responsible users of our wastewater collection system, which will become all the more important when we have Ventura Water Pure as one of our water sources. Um, uh, you also ask, are there specific goals or outcomes you would like to see included in the general plan? And uh, mirroring what uh, Suzanne just said, um, or I'm sorry, Susan, because people are so concerned about water supply with all the new housing construction they're seeing, the general plan should include a description of the Water Commission slash Ventura Waters efforts to ensure sufficient water supply. This would include a description of the net zero fee policy, plans for Ventura Water Pure and our ongoing conservation programs. There's probably other points that could be added in there as well. And then you ask, how else can the general plan support the work of the Water Commission? And I suggest that we, uh, or a member or members of the Water Commission be involved in the planned sustainability and resiliency workshop that you haven't yet scheduled, but uh, that seemed like a natural fit for the work that we do. So those, again, these are my kind of brainstorming with myself uh, to uh, provide some comment on your suggested uh, questions here. Thank you, those are great. Really appreciate that. And you can get a copy of those from uh, Deborah. Okay, I will do that, thank you. Any other commissioners that wish to speak on this item? Sure, I'll chip in. This is Jim Ackerman. Um, currently, we have uh, several really good conservation programs that have been in effect for about five years, uh, water circulating ponds, low-flow toilets, and we know what those all are. Uh, that program, the funding for those programs is starting to run out of money. My thought is when uh, new construction takes place uh, by ordinance or uh, adoption of the electric code or the plumbing code, what have you, those ought to be requirements for those uh, uh, particular issues, uh, mainly so we can even conserve more water starting out because not everyone has taken advantage of those programs voluntarily 
And I think anything new that has the ability to use more water, we ought to consider those, especially like the um, water circulating, hot water circulating pumps can save up to 16,000 gallons of water per year. That would be significant uh, with our new construction. And also it would show uh, that the new customers that are coming to town or the, the existing uh, rate payers would see that we're striving to uh, really save more water uh, for each and every uh, building that we put in uh, uh, more conservation. So that's just my thought. Thank you, Jim. Uh, Susan, did you want to speak? Otherwise, I'll jump in. I can't improve on anything anyone else said. Good comments. Great. So my comments are, are relatively brief. Um, as you probably know, this commission has considered and recommended that city council adopt a number of reports and plans, including urban water management plan, Today we'll be considering a water efficiency plan, water resource planning. All of those have a considerable amount of data. Um, there's projections, there's you know, supply and demand. Um, I think all of those should and, and absolutely should be part of uh, your general plan consideration. Um, and, and looking forward uh, 5, 10, 15 years, there's a number of projects that are uh, anticipated net zero fee has come up uh, we'll, we'll be um, talking about that as well so I, you know, I see the general plan obviously there's goals and specifics and uh, things that the city considers beyond water but there certainly needs to be an alignment um, for this general plan as it is a forward-looking document and as this commission considers projects that are going to support that general plan and ultimately the build out of the city asking alignment between supply and demand and not an expectation that there's endlessly going to be chasing new sources of water that uh, at some point, you know, it's the sustainability of supporting the, the residents um, and, and the build out of the community. So um, I'd also encourage you as you do your community outreach to come back to this commission at some point, anything that you learn in terms of uh, challenges or threats, um, I heard a few, um, just to hear if those continue to be concerns of the community or if there's additional ones that need to be considered by this commission and the Ventura water staff. So my comments today and um, unless there's other, uh, I think we come need, back through yes, the process. That'd be great. Uh, Deborah, do we have any uh, public comments, public commenters on this item? No, we do not. Excuse me, Deborah. Somebody just actually um, chatted in. It would be Trevor Gotsman. Okay. I'll go ahead and make him a panelist. Mr. Gotsman, you have control over your mic and your camera. Good evening, everybody. Thank you. I'm glad I, I just mentioned this. I thought public was coming up later. Um, yeah, the general plan, this is a great time and I'm glad um, everybody's on board with um, all of these ideas. I'd like to uh, just add a couple of myself that um, I feel just the individuals just from the household in each, each of the property owners uh, should um, have a way to get the rain buckets, 
and sort of have a little micro sort of a resource at their own location that can serve the neighborhoods in critical times and things like that. But, you know, I don't want to go any further than because I've got such broad ideas and also quite detailed um, ideas within that. So I just want to commend you all for doing this and the Ramian Associates for just keeping plodding on. So keep us plus the community in. So thank you. But um, yeah, this water pure, uh, also look at Namibia. Namibia, I spent a, a little while there and uh, Vintuk, the city of Vintuk runs off one artesian well. It serves a city that's basically, basically the city our size a little bit bigger. And they run and recycle 100%, not a drop goes to waste. Gets very little rainfall and it's all underground. So it's 100% recycled in the last, but it's like, you know, we're just in a, just a better position. So, you know, and so there's all kinds of other things. So even alternate resources, yes, um, taking from the air mesh, how the, you know, the spiders in the Namib desert hang upside down and collect the dew just so it drips down into their mouths those type of things. But in general, just carry on. Thank you very much. And I just wanted to do just say, um, that's all I wanted to say. Thank you for the time being. Thank you, Mr. Appreciate it. And that concludes our public speakers. Okay. Does uh, staff any have anything further they want to add or conclude on particular item? I understand it's a receiving file and looking for input and feedback tonight. Yes, Ch Chair Hubner. Um, I would like to just um, indicate that um, we are working with Ramney and Associates, and other they're also they have subconsultants, so they do have some draft plans out. We have provided our comments, and Monica Noing from Ventura Water Staff has been working with them directly, going to meetings. Um, anything that water comes up, we're you know more than happy to share all our reports and everything, and so that's working really well. So we'll continue to coordinate. Great. Look forward to actually seeing the plan when it comes out. I hear in a, in a year, maybe a year and a half. Let's move on to um, our updated water resources net zero fee discussion. Ms. Rundgren, um, staff presentation, please. Yes. So, Sadir um, from Raptelis and Associates is going to provide the PowerPoint discussion tonight. And Deborah's going to bring up the, the PowerPoint. So just give him a minute here and give Deborah a minute. There we go. Good evening, Commission members and city staff. This is Sudhir Pardiwala with Raftalis. I also have, I think, on in the meeting, Charles Diamond, whom you have probably met before and who's been working on the rate study as well as the net zero fees. Uh, I'm filling in for Kevin Koschuk, who's welcoming his new baby, and hopefully he'll be back on the job shortly. So today we want to talk about the net zero fee update that we have recently completed, and we'll go through the a short presentation discussing the, the present fee as well as the future fee. Next slide, please. So the agenda to, for today basically is to review a net zero fee. It seems like all of you are very familiar with it since I heard all of you talk about the net zero fee already, but uh, as part of this presentation, we have an update on our uh, you know, overview of the net zero fee. We'll review the current net zero fees and then 
show you the calculations associated with the new net zero fee that we are proposing. Next slide, please. So I, I don't know whether I should spend a whole lot of time on this, but you're all aware basically that there is not sufficient water to meet the needs of future development. And the city needs to develop additional sources of water to serve this new development. Obviously, there's a cost associated with that development and the new users need to pay for that development of those water sources. The policy associated with net zero was put into effect in August of 2016 through an ordinance that, that has already been approved. Next slide, please. So the current net zero fees were developed in 2016 by another consultant and basically they were increased every year by the engineering news record construction cost index which is for Los Angeles which is abbreviated as CCI. The original net zero fees were based upon several projects which cost approximately 169 million dollars. Uh, there was a financing cost assumption, assuming 50% of it was financed at 30% for five years. And that was the basis for developing the net zero fees. The net zero fee calculation is pretty straightforward. It basically takes the costs of the project, which in this case included the CIP costs as well as the financing cost, and divided it by the total yield uh, of, that, of those projects which was about 9,400 acre feet per year. And that gave us, a, in, in FY 17, 16, 17, that gave us a net zero fee of $26,457 per acre foot per year. Uh, that has been gradually increased by the construction cost index and the current fee for FY 2021 is 28,680 acre feet per year. Next slide, please. So the total revenue that you would draw from the net zero fees is basically takes into consideration that the, the unit cost, which is the net zero fee per in dollars per acre foot per year, multiplied by the total net zero demand in, in acre feet per year. And that gives us the total revenue. And you've probably seen this slide with the city's presentation before. Uh, we look at the total projected demand and subtract the historical baseline use and the demand offset to provide us a net zero demand offset which becomes the basis for the net zero fee next slide please so we had a pretty significant drought in f5 15 16 and as a result of which you know we have seen significant conservation efforts directed throughout the state. And as a result of that, we've updated the water demand factor from what we have been using previously. And the latest demand shows us that the water demand has decreased by 20%. And that will have a significant decrease in the net zero fees for new residential development in FY 2021. So the old demand factor for single family residences, SFR stands for single family residence, was 370 gallons per day or 
0.415 acre foot per year. The new demand factor based on recent studies is 294 gallons per day, which represents, which is equivalent to one third of an acre foot per year, which is a reduction of about 20%. Next slide, please. So the net zero fees are calculated for different types of customers based on the demand for, for, for each type of customer. And these are listed here along with the net zero fee. And I, I won't go into each, each one basically, but some of them are based on a dwelling unit basis. That, that's a residential connected connection. Some of them are based on rooms and other ones on a thousand square feet, the KSF stand for kilo square feet. Uh, and then there's some right at the bottom where assisted living is based on a per bed basis and the golf course on a per acre foot basis. Uh, essentially, all of these are providing us a demand factor which when multiplied by the unit cost for per acre foot per year provides us the equivalent net zero fee that will be collected for each type of customer. Next slide, please. So, Raftalis, uh, the calculation of connection fees or capacity fees or net zero fees as they are called in this particular case is pretty straightforward. We maintain the existing methodology. Uh, we look at the total cost and divide it by the total yield. The differences that we have from the current methodology are, are indicated here. We are using the present value of the cost basis because some of these costs of the project are going to be in the future. So we take the present value of those costs that were indicated in the rate study for this particular project, which is the Ventura Water Pure Program. So this, the project here is different from the projects that were indicated in the original uh, study that was done in 2016. Uh, the yield obviously on this project is different as well. So we've taken the yield, but specific to this particular project to come up with the cost. And the last point that we, uh, the change that we have made is we are not including any finance, financing costs from the cost in, in the cost basis. And the reason for this is that the customer that joins this car in the next year does not have to pay for the financing costs. So basically the, the fee will increase each year to represent the increase in the financing costs that occur every year. But in the first year, there will not be any financing costs associated with the calculation of the net zero fee. Next slide, please. And so this slide basically shows us what the cost of the project is at the yield and the proposed fee. We take the present value of the, of the Ventura Water Pure Program uh, net of grants uh, the grants are allocated to all customers, new and existing, and therefore they are excluded from the cost of the fee. The yield is based on the program itself, and then the proposed fee is the cost basis divided by the yield. So the cost on this particular project is $123 million, slightly over that, and the yield is approximately 5,400 acre feet per year, which gives us a proposed fee of $22,806 per acre foot per year. Uh, compare that to the current fee, which is 28,680 acre feet. 
which is a net reduction of about $5,874 per acre foot per year, a difference of about 20.5%. Next slide, please. Uh, there was some question about, you know, how the, uh, since the, the net, the Ventura Water Pure program benefits both existing customers in terms of reliability and future customers in terms of new demand. And just for your information and for the benefit of all, uh, we have broken down the demand that would be serving existing customers from the demand that would serve future customers both in terms of cost as well as in terms of total demand. So on the first line, you will see here the total demand from existing customers is about 2,330 acre feet per year. And the benefit for future customers is going to be 3,070 acre feet per year, which, which represents a total of the 5,400 acre feet that we originally looked at in the previous slides. The cost basis is then proportioned in the same ratio, the 43% of the yield representing the of the total demand uh, for existing customers and 57% for future customers. <coughs> Using those cost figures then, you can see that when you divide the cost figures by the actual demand for future customers, we wind up with the same fee that we looked at originally in the previous slides, which is $22,806 per acre foot per year. Next slide, I believe that completes our presentation and uh, we'd be glad to answer any questions that you may have. Thank you very much for that presentation. Guess I'll uh, just go around to each of uh, the commissioners. Um, uh, Commissioner Mulligan. Yes, I have one comment and one question. One comment and one question. I agree with the decision to use uh, just water pure as the cost basis. I think it is the only project that is being proposed and considered that and planned that actually has a reliable water supply every year. I thought that was a, a good decision. I have a question. Uh, the very last slide, you talked about the percentages between existing customers and new customers. But how is that determined? How is it determined that existing customers needed 2,300 acre feet and new ones needed, future ones needed 3,000? So that's a good question, Susan. And I'll defer to staff on that. Uh, that's what we have been informed about. Uh, Charlie, I don't know if you have any additional information on that, if you can jump in as well. Charlie is not on the panel. Hold on one moment. Tracy, can you move Charles up, please? My apologies for the delay. There are no public speakers. So can you move Charles from Raftelis up to the panel, please? Correct. Uh, Charles, you are a panelist. Deborah. Yes. Deborah, this is Miles. This one might might also be a good one for Jennifer Trevo to answer. Okay. Tracy, can you move up uh, Jennifer Trevo as well? Basically, Susan, I think the, the city has determined 
through some analysis as to the amount of water that is needed to provide reliability for existing customers and then the balance will provide the benefit to future customers but i'll let jennifer address this in greater detail yes uh, thanks Sadir. can everyone hear me yes mm -hmm. okay. yes so that's correct yes. so so we looked at um a a severe drought scenario um and looked at the differential between um demand and supply uh with no growth and then with growth and so that's the difference between the 2330 for existing customers that would be a deficit during a drought period if we didn't have growth and a deficit with growth would be 3000 or would be yeah additional the difference between those two so 3000 thank you that makes sense. so it's what we would need in a drought with just the existing customers is the 2300 so thank you that makes a lot of sense that's all i have thank you susan and commissioner um, sorry chair Hubner. i was just going to add one comment uh if i may sure of course um, Commissioner Mulligan, there was a similar example provided in 2016 when the uh, ordinance was originally adopted and the resolution uh, setting the original fee was provided. And so this is um, a similar example that City Council requested at that time. And so um, uh, General Manager Susan Rungren thought it would be helpful to have a similar example as the fee is updated. Um, in this case, so I just wanted to share that as well. It is very helpful. Thank you. Commissioner Clyde, would you like to go next? Yes, thank you. Um, some time ago, uh, in discussing the net zero fee, there was discussion that when the business. Um, you can barely hear you, Nova. Sorry about that. Some time ago, we were discussing uh, the net zero fee applied to new development, but not necessarily when a business takes over as a lease, uh, a business, for example, a car transmission service site becomes a brewery. And that brewery may use a lot more water than the existing business. Uh, and my understanding is that the net zero fee would not apply in that case. Has that changed at all? Do I have that wrong? Or is that uh, still an element of, of our current policy? So Commissioner Clyde, I can answer that. Um, if there is what we call tenant improvements, where there is a difference between, for instance, like you mentioned an office or a restaurant, there is a net zero fee applied. In the past, I think what might have been talked about is maybe some of the tenant improvements were um, did not go through the system and so we did not see them. That um, process has changed. So Thank you. you. Thank you. Basically, you would look at the demand of the brewery compared to the demand that originally was applied to the previous user and the difference in the net zero fees currently would then be recovered from the new user. 
if the new user had a higher demand than the previous user? Yes, yeah, so thank, thank you. I'll just add that, uh, this is Jennifer, just add that that issue was uh, more prominent in the past because we had fewer demand factors, fewer land use categories. And last year when we, that was part of the reason that we updated uh, the demand factors was to add additional um, commercial categories so that we can capture those changes in use better. Excellent. Thank you for that explanation. And uh, I agree with Commissioner Mulligan. I do uh, agree with uh, just simplifying this a bit and, and nailing it to Ventura Water Pure costs because it just it makes a lot more sense, I think, for everyone uh, involved and uh, is easier to defend. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Commissioner Ackerman. Yes, sir. Um, I'm thinking this might be a good project for Suzanne to present to the community council as an explanation because I, I think she's kind of our PIO, uh, if I'm not wrong. But um, I hear a lot of people from the different councils uh, that I know, and they're really complaining about new construction. They're not opposed to the water pier. They're not opposed to the interconnect. They just don't like the new construction, and they need to know that there is an offset, and that's net zero. So. I don't know if she's the person to do that or uh, Susan, but uh, the people out there don't know what's going on in here. And I think they'd have a better understanding if they had something similar to this, maybe a little less complex for them to, to see. Thank you. So I'll let um, Mr. McCombs. You're up. Thanks. I, I mostly comments. I think that when you prepare, when staff prepares the staff report, to go to council on this for adoption. I think you need to enhance um, some of the description. For example, I think you should address within the staff report how the 43.57% was determined because I think you, you've got a really great explanation for it, but it's, it doesn't jump out at you. So I think that should be highlighted. Um, I think also at the top of page three, when the figures are cited in terms of the amount the city has collected as of June 1st, and the historical information on October 14th, how much had been collected uh, October 14th, 2019 at that point, I think it's important to add the clarification that the funds that have been collected are designated for water supply projects. It's not like we collected them and they just went into the ether. They were collected and they are designated and committed to water supply projects. Um, and then I guess my last question is, um, with regard to those that we've already, the fees that we have already collected, what, if any, exposure do we have for those developers that have paid to come back to us and say, well, why did you charge me more? Uh, Commissioner McCombs, maybe I'll, I'll take that question. Okay. Um, so thank you for your comments on the staff report and we are, um, as long as we relied on accurate and appropriate information at the time, um, then the fee was justified for that period. And we were, the city was challenged over the adoption of both uh, the ordinance and the resolution in 2016. And the city successfully defended that uh, lawsuit and it was not appealed. And so I, um, though some may ask, I think we are in a good position to decline requests for any refund 
um, if the fee is decreased. Okay, and then I guess the, the last question I have is, given the magnitude of Ventura Water Pure and the length of time it's going to take us to get it constructed, we, you know, we all understand it's not 123,159,38.00, that's an estimate. So how comfortable are we with that as the estimate that's being used currently, given the scope of the project, the timeline, and now the fact that we are not including financing costs? So, Commissioner McCombs, I would say, and, and Miles, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but that's something we are going to, again, every five years, we'll look at the net zero fee. If we see a significant, um, something that's significantly different in our cost, we can always come back to the net zero fee and, and revisit that. Okay. Thanks. Thanks, Suzanne. Uh, I have... One question and then uh, a comment uh, regarding the 22,806 proposed net zero fee. What what does that really represent? So, in an example, I, I saw the previous one. I mean, if this is a single family home, is this the fee that somebody would come in and, and pay, or is this um, an average of all the different fees depending on the dwelling unit? So, I think. Some clarification. Uh, I, I certainly would like it, and certainly I think it would be helpful for the development community. The this fee is based on per one acre foot of demand. Uh, so you, if an if a user comes in with one acre foot of demand, this is the fee he would pay. For a single family residence, we are saying now that their demand is one third of an acre foot, so the fee would be one third of twenty two thousand eight hundred and six which uh, would be a little over 7,000 and odd, 7,600 approximately. And, and there is a slide um, on, you know, the different fees with the demand factors. So this, this is my point, it's a, it's a communication so that the folks don't think that everybody pays 22,806. I did see the previous slide where you listed it. I understand you're going to be updating it depending if this fee is adopted. It's something to communicate when, when you take to council and to others that, um, and you know, the tendency that we all sort of focus in on, on one number. Which leads me sort of to my, my last, uh, to my comment is, what we're considering tonight is really a methodology. Um, there's a resolution that accompanies the, the staff report. It's not just one fee, the 22,806. It's it's a methodology to calculate for a variety of fees depending on, on the land use. So again, um, that, that's communicated at the, the city council level and further when uh, you go out to the community and specifically the development community. So those are my comments. Thank you. Uh, if there's no other questions or comments from the commissioners, uh, is there anyone from the, from the public? I, um, Gephard, I have a, a question. Um, I, under, I understand that the um, a new developer could offset their net zero fee with dedication of water rights. And um, is there a way that we 
value a water right um, to do the offset? I'm just curious if how that's worked out um, in this policy. So Commissioner Clyde, it is a one-to-one. -one, so if we do a demand calculation, excuse me, a demand calculation, say for a single family home, they would need to bring in a certain amount of water. Um, and so it's really a one-to-one -one calculation. So if say a development needs 50 acre feet to build, they need to bring in 50 acre feet. If they only have 25, they give us 25 and then they get had to pay a net zero fee of 25. And then uh, similarly, um, they can also um, implement water conservation methods. And is there a discount that is a one-to-one -one kind of discount, again, based on the amount of water that's saved? It's, it's based on anything above the existing building code. So they still have to, you know, building code builds in conservation. So if they want to go above and beyond, there are some formulas and a spreadsheet that we work with them on. Thank you. I have one question for Susan. Um, some of the things that I mentioned earlier, are they um, part of the building code for new construction, uh, water saving toilets and washers? Um, Yes, they are, um, Commissioner Ackerman, they are required today. And so okay. a lot, most of our, I do want to clarify too, most of our conservation programs are really for um, retrofit, right. but not for new construction because new construction needs to really do the conservation already, if you will. Okay, so they're adopted by code already to accomplish what, what we're doing as volunteers. Correct. Okay, thank you. Any other commissioner comments? Okay, let's, uh, any, Deborah, any public comment or? No, there are no public comment speakers. All right. And I'll bring it back to the commission for potential action. It's the pleasure of the commission. This is Susan. I'll uh, move that uh, the Water Commission recommend City Council approval of the updated water resources net zero fee. I'll second that. That was Suzanne. Yes. You. Okay. Uh, any other discussion on the motion of the second? It's not Deborah. Let's have the roll call. Commissioner Ackerman. Yes. Commissioner Clyte. Yes. Commissioner McCombs. Yes. Commissioner Mulligan. Oh. Yes. Commissioner Hubner. Yes. Thank you for uh, the work on this uh, staff and um, and all everybody else that was involved. Appreciate it. I'm in Chair Hubner, if I can interrupt for a second. 
Um, Thank you. I, yes. I do want to indicate we did say that we're going to take this to city council. We are anticipating July 12th. It's probably going to go to council on July or excuse me, August uh, 2nd. And that's just due to council um, agenda items. Thanks for that update. Thank you, commissioners. Thank you, staff. I think we'll sign off unless you have anything else for us. No, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you, Sadir. Sure. And Charles. Are we ready to go to item number four? This is our regular update for our groundwater sustainability agencies in the Santa Paula Technical Advisory Committee. Yes, and uh, Jennifer Trebo is going to give just an oral update. Hi, Jennifer. Hey, good evening, Water Commission. Um, not too much on this topic, so I was just going to highlight a few things from the staff report um, and provide that verbally. Um, so, for the Upper Ventura River Basin uh, and the Mound Basin, both the year, um, their GSPs are due um, in January of 2022, and so they are, um, you know, full into the process of GSP development. Uh, for the Upper Ventura River Basin, um, they are expecting to have a draft GSP um, out towards the end of July is their current target, and they're going to be holding a fourth public workshop once that draft is released to um, uh, communicate that to the public and solicit public comments. I believe there's a 60 day, there'll be a 60 day public comment period on the draft. Um, then the other significant thing with Upper Ventura, um, they've recently set their uh, pumping fee for 21-22 uh, fiscal year. Um, it increased by um, less than $2. Um, however, um, if you look at the um, five-year budget or an extended year budget, long-term budget projections, um, there is going to be a need for increased fees to cover um, monitoring um, and implementation of the GSP. Um, hopefully, a lot of those costs will be covered from grants and, and coordination with other agencies and efforts. Um, but um, in that in case that they're not they'll be covered by extraction fees and so i think starting in august there'll be some discussions the board's going to start having discussions on um how best to potentially maybe restructure the fee um have it be a little bit different so i'll keep the commission updated on those discussions um but that is coming um and then for mound basin um they are a little bit further ahead on their GSP developments, a little bit of a, a simpler basin. And we had, uh, they did have um, the advantage of some, some prior work done in that basin. Um, and so the, the preliminary draft is available on the website now, um, expecting that the um, draft will be posted uh, probably next week, end of this week, um, so pretty soon. Um, if commission's interested, we can send out an email uh, when that's available. Uh, staff will be reviewing that uh, when it's uh, we're reviewing the preliminary draft now, but we're going to review it more in depth um, when the draft is out. We don't anticipate uh, any uh, real surprises or or concerns there. Um, and same on the fee side, um, the fee 
is increasing this year um, pretty substantially. Originally, um, there was a $40 acre foot fee. That fee had dropped in the past couple of years down to um, more like $27, $28 an acre foot. It's going back up to 59. Um, and again, because of uh, monitoring wells and, and things for GSP implementation. So again, that, that doesn't assume any grants. Um, and so those will be explored and hopefully those fees will be reduced. Um, and then uh, for Oxnard Plain, as you know, the uh, GSP has been adopted um, and um, the ordinance is in place. Um, the, you know, we've been working with other stakeholders um, and Fox Canyon on implementation of the, or of the GSP um, and trying to work towards um, uh, the ramp down and, and what those allocations are going to look like. Um, and we're still working towards that end. However, um, as I said in the staff report, um, an adjudication um, uh, complaint was filed um, on June 15th. Um, and so we will um, be taking that to consideration moving forward. And then for Santa Paula Basin, there's no, there's no real updates since the uh, last update on Santa Paula Basin. And that is all I have. Thank you, Jennifer. Which commissioner would like to go first? Whether this go down the line. Just jump in. I can't always see who's. Um, this is Nova. I have a, a question. Um, I believe the uh, city's going to install a monitoring well on city property related to the Mound Basin. Is that right, Jennifer? Yes, so the monitoring well will be um, owned by the GSA. Um, it's being installed through a grant with EWR, but it is located on city property. And and where will that be? Just out of curiosity. Uh, at the at the wastewater plant. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, another question: Is the mound aquifer the primary aquifer aquifer that we're considering for? Uh, Ventura water, pure water storage, or are we looking elsewhere? That's going to be the Oxnard Plain. Oxnard Plain. And is that, that's the uh, updated groundwater modeling that United Water is going to do for us uh, regarding that aquifer storage? Do you know? I believe so. I'll let Susan okay. answer that. <laughs> yes, Commissioner Clyde, we, we are doing, um, some modeling with the United Water Conservation District and Linda Skamansky, who's our um, uh, director for the Ventura Water Peer Program is working on that. And she's listening in tonight. So we're glad <laughs> to have her. <laughs> That's all I have. Thank you. Thank you, Nova. This is Susan. Hi, Susan, go ahead. I have, um, one comment, I, it would be helpful if you let us know when drafts are out to be reviewed. That that would be great. Um, and I, I have a question. Uh, Fox Canyon GMA submitted their plan to DWR some time ago. Do we have any feedback from DWR about their plan? I haven't heard anything. As you know, DWR released 
their assessment of only four groundwater basins for GSPs. Um, two were satisfactory and two were not. Um, and so I haven't heard anything about which ones are next um, or if Fox Chain has received any comments yet. Okay, thank you. That's it. Thanks, Susan. Jeremy, I have a couple questions. Suzanne, if that's okay. Yeah, thanks. Um, so, Jenny, on page three of the staff report at the top of the page, it talks about the fact that the um, Upper Ventura River Basin was awarded $630,000 worth of um, a grant program. And then it says the cost share requirement is approximately $200,000. I, I don't understand what the cost share, what does cost share requirement mean? So um, the grants, so the way the grants worked, there was a different percentage of cost shares required for the grants uh, by DWR. So it was 50%, I think Ventura River got a little bit lower percentage. Um, so you, the, the, the grant was for GSP development. So you submitted your work plan to estimate your GSP development costs, and then you could receive um, up to 50%, 75% of that funding based on the cost share required. And then the agency would have to fund the remainder as their contribution. But if, if, it, if, the, if the river, if the upper Ventura river basin was awarded 630, then does that mean that there's 430,000 left available to fund? No, of course not. <laughs> no, so it, what it meant was that if DWR gave us 630 and we need to spend an additional, it's gonna cost us an additional 200,000 to get the plan done. That was the cost estimate. I'm not sure what the final numbers were, but so the estimated cost of the GSP development was, let's say $830,000. 630 coming from DWR and 200 coming from the agency. So then, then the next question is, uh, this paragraph goes on to say that the fee for the fiscal year was approximately 79, 16 an acre foot. The city's annual extraction fee payment is based on its five-year pumping average. That equates to about 190,000. We take that annual pumping average times the acre foot cost. Can we assume that that 190,000 ish of pumping fees is in the O&M figures that went into the rates, you know, for that water supply? Susan's nodding. <laughs> yes, we, thank you, Commissioner McCombs. We do take into account all the O&M costs. So we, est we estimated, you know, the mound basin fees, the, um, the other GSA fees, anything you know, United rates, Casitas rates, okay. they're included, right. yes. All right, so then at the bottom of that same page, when it talks about the mound groundwater basin and it references the groundwater monitoring well on city property to save costs, how, how does this save costs and who is it saving costs? Is it saving the groundwater basin costs? Is it saving the city costs? I'm not understanding who who's saving costs. It, it's basically saving yes. the city <laughs> and the ground and the GSA. Yeah, so it saves the GSA cost, but because the city funds a significant portion of the GSA through our pumping fees, it saves us money also. But, but how is it saving the GSA? How is it saving the GSP 
actual cost because they don't have to acquire land. Yeah. For it. Okay. All right. You, you, maybe that's obvious, but it wasn't even though I read the paragraph four or five times. So, uh, and then I guess the last question is with regard to the comment at the bottom of page six, where it says that the OPV coalition filed a complaint for the comprehensive groundwater adjudication of the Oxnard groundwater subbasin. Uh, does that mean we have yet more litigation? I'll let Miles answer that question. <laughs> uh, Commissioner McCombs, it means yes, we will have uh, another case to deal with. Okay, and so, but, but it's the GS, is it the GS, the Groundwater Sustainability Agency that has to fund those legal costs and then we just have to pay our share? Or did they actually sue the city directly? They filed a lawsuit against Fox Canyon Groundwater Management Agency, um, but it uh, could impact, well, uh, it calls for an adjudication of the basin and the city will need to participate in that um, uh, case in order to protect our water rights and water usage. Right. Okay. But so, so not only does the groundwater agency have, have legal fees to respond to that, but the city is also going to have probably separate legal fees, correct? That is correct. Okay, and and in our in understanding, who knows? But in your experience, how long does an adjudication of something like this take before you get resolution? Is this a two or three year thing, or is this a like you know I'm going to be a great grandmother age kind of thing? Uh, so there have been adjudications that took more than ten years, even fifteen okay. years. However, several years ago. Um, uh, in conjunction with the Sustainable Groundwater Management Act shortly after it was adopted, they did um, adopt a streamlined adjudication statute intended to make uh, these groundwater cases shorter and more efficient. Um, but it will likely still take at least a year, if not several years. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Anything else, Suzanne? Thank you. Jim, do you have any comments? Uh, to clarify the Oxnard Plains Groundwater Basin, that is our Fox Canyon where we get our water from. Is that correct? Correct. Correct. Okay. We have several wells in that basin. Seven wells in Fox Canyon. Okay. Uh, this Se is really several. several, not seven, several. <laughs> I'm sorry? Not seven, just several. Several, okay, I'm sorry, I missed that. Very complex information and uh, I'm listening and learning. <laughs> That's all I can say. Thank you. Uh, so uh, my comments regarding the Upper Ventura River Basin, um, as well as the Mountain Groundwater Basin, I would like, this is a request, um, fall that uh, the staff come back with their analysis of the implications of their of these GSPs so that uh, sort of get the staff's view and of course the commissioner can look on their own and, and form their own opinion but um, I think that would be um, 
helpful um, to have that staff analysis and perhaps a staff report sometime this fall. Um, I am concerned about fee in, uh, creep increases, uh, both upper and mound. Essentially, it sounds like a lot of administration and uh, monitoring well here and there. Um, and we haven't even got to implement implementation, uh, whether there'll be grant funding or not. I think that is a little bit wishful thinking. Um, so I encourage staff to when these fees come out and propose scrutinize them and to the degree there is some pushback, I think um, be valuable to the ratepayers. And then on the Oxnard Plain, uh, looking at the staff report, uh, obviously I also saw the complaint, the adjudication that will be um, probably a lengthy process. The city will have to adjoin um, to protect its water rights as our um, miles indicated. Um, they do tend to look at the existing data sets and any modeling. Uh, and, and of course, in this case, there's a draft GSP, uh, potentially its adequacy or not. Um, so there's a lot of work that will go into that kind of hearing in front of a judge um, versus some of these past adjudications where you basically have to start from zero. Um, I would also note that uh, you look at the letter from the Fox Canyon Board on May 26, and the initial modeling results, suites of projects, um, they would only address the upper aquifer system and not the lower aquifer system. But I think that's a flaw in, in the GSP that's been put out. Um, the lower aquifer system, the folks that know uh, a bit about the Fox Canyon and the Oxnard Plain, that's the better quality water. That's where most of the entities are pulling from. In fact, it used to be the opposite. It was the upper aquifer system and seawater intrusion was first um, identified and the quality of the water deteriorated, pumpers went to the lower aquifer system. So um, that needs to be addressed. It's important. And I believe that's where also where the city uh, draws its water from. So um, something to keep our eye on. Uh, that's my comments for today. Obviously, I have a lot of interest in these. GSPs and, and GSAs, and uh, I, I do appreciate these reports from staff. So thank you, Jennifer, and thank you, um, Ms. Rangren. Any other comments from commissioners? Any members of the public? Go ahead. Well, this is Susan. I had one more comment. Certainly. I just like. To compliment staff, I thought that the staff report was very good and I, I learned a lot reading it. He put a lot of good information into a comprehensible format and I know that takes a lot of work. So thank you for that. I agree. And that's thanks to Ms. Trebo. So is this just on my specific request, is there something that you guys, uh, staff, could come back with and give us uh, your take on on these GSPs for the, the Upper Ventura River Basin and Mound Groundwater Basin? Yeah, Chair Huebner, yeah. we will be definitely making a um, comment letter. Um, the timing of that, it, it depends on the public comment period, but yes, we can bring that back. Great, thank you. Are there members of the public we should speak on this item, Deborah? There are not. 
All right. Excuse me, me, Deborah. I'm sorry. Uh, Trevor Gotsman has now sent a chat that he'd like to speak on the item. Trevor, I will move you to a panelist. Trevor, you have control of your mic and video. Hi, everybody. Thanks again. Um, I just wanted to commend everybody, staff in particular, Mr. Hogan. I think you're a gentleman. Um, Nova, your questions, well, this is commissions. Commission is fantastic. I love this. And, um, you know, we're all in the process of learning and understanding and gaining and so that we can know what's going on. And this is a, a perfect opportunity. We all drink water. And um, yes, I'll do my share as much as I can. Steer me as best as you know how and get the community involved. This is a, these are the perfect, let's go swimming, so to speak. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to commend staff. Um, uh, Ms. Trebo, uh, their work, the effort, the heart, um, you know, it's, it's a tough job. So I just want to thank you, Mr. Ackerman, all of you guys, um, just, uh, you know, just let's hold, carry each other, drag each other through the muck and, and then sip on it, sip on and appreciate it. Just appreciate it. So I look forward to continuing the process. I just, I just had to commend everybody. Thank you. Thank you for those comments. Deborah, that concludes our public speakers. Thank you. So I understand this item is uh, an oral or oral update and uh, there's no action that the commission needs to take on this item. Is that correct? Correct. All right. That, uh, let's move on to item number five, the 2021 final water efficiency plan, uh, follow up from our last commission. Back over to staff. Sure. Thank you, Chair Hubner. So this again is just the 2021 water efficiency plan. We provided it to you. And if you look on page three of the admin report, there are basically three um, corrections that we made to the plan. And so this will be the final plan at this time. And I want to thank Stephen Glenn, who's listening in tonight, our environmental service specialist, for completing the plan for us this year. And with that, we can take any comments anyone has. And oh, one thing I did want to comment on, though, is um, I know there were some potential conservation efforts in the future. Um, one of them was water softeners. Um, so we are going to, you know, definitely look into those. And if you, anyone has any other ideas, please push them forward to um, myself and Stephen, and we'll look into those. And again, grants too. We're definitely looking at hopefully getting more grants. Thank you, Ms. Rundgren, for that report. I'll open it up to our fellow commissioners for any questions. Uh, I have um, a comment. This is Nova. All right. Um, just, I think the uh, report is very clear and well written, and I appreciate all the effort into it. Um, I have a question regarding um, multifamily residences and water conservation programs. Um, I had brought this up some time before. Uh, is there any focus on uh, large multifamily um, uh, apartment buildings such as the one I live in? 
which I see water running down the street. <laughs> I've talked to them about landscape irrigation, but I think after reading this, I made a personal commitment. I'm going to start hammering my landlord <laughs> to be more water conser conservative. And I'm wondering if the city provides support for multifamily residences to become more water conservative. So thank you for that comment, um, Commissioner Clyde. So that's one of the things I know Stephen is actually working with a couple different HOAs. They have um, given us some um, emails and asked, you know, is there any conservation efforts you're doing? So that's something that Stephen can help with. We are definitely looking into helping with that, um, you know, something like the submetering. We do not have a conservation, you know, grant program for that, but we're looking into that. So. Um, feel free to reach out to Stephen and, and he will help you with those efforts. Thanks, I will do that. <laughs> Other commissioner comments? This is Jim. I just wanted to say thank you to uh, the Ventura Water staff, my original uh, interest in water began with the recycled water mobile reuse program and i must say uh, the programs they've had since then that i've been involved in taking advantage of uh, are like none that i've seen anywhere in california and i think they uh, they really set the tone i know they did a lot of work and they um, really provided interest in a lot of people i have a lot of people asking what's that tank in the back of my truck about and they are now thinking about getting themselves a tank and doing their own watering so uh, my compliments to them times a hundred. Thanks, Jim. Anybody else? Well, I'll just say uh, I agree with the previous comments. Uh, <clears throat> good report. We can be proud of uh, what the city is doing, Ventura Water is doing in terms of trying to uh, be as efficient as possible and conserve these valuable resources. And I think as we pointed out in the, the previous discussion, I would like to see you know continued efforts on the water softeners and other conservation programs um, considered in any update to this plan or other. With that, I will ask, are there any uh, other commissioner comments? If not, we'll go to public, if there are any. Uh, we have no public comment requests. Deborah, get back to the commission for action. We have a staff recommendation. I'll entertain a motion. I move that we uh, that the Water Commission cancel the regularly scheduled July 27, 2021, and August 24, 2021 meetings. Oh, uh, I think we're no, but we're still on uh, item five. Oh, I thought we were just receiving the report. So oh, this this, this is, <laughs> uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, well, so I'll have to accept the report. Are you acting to? 
accept the final report. I think that's uh, what was before us today. That's my understanding. Correct. Well, then I will move to accept <laughs> the written report of the final 2021 water efficiency plan. I second that. We have roll call, please. Sorry, I'm having some problems here. Okay. Commissioner Eckerman? Yes. Commissioner Clay? Yes. Commissioner McCombs? Yes. Commissioner Mulligan? Yes. Commissioner Hubner? Yes. That passes 5 0. And just clarification, does this plan go to the, the city council for further ratification or approval? Are we done? No, Chair, it, it is final at this point. Great. Okay, thank you. All right. Let's move on to item six. Uh, this is consideration of the water commission summer schedule. Ms. Rundgren. Yes, so this is just uh, recommending that the Water Commission Council the regular scheduled meeting July 27th and the August 24th meeting. And I'll just, uh, is there a reason essentially typically dark uh, or lack of items or is rationale or reason? So Chair Hubner, it's, it's usually dark, but it really depends on the schedule. And right now we actually have a kind of a small break window um, just to do all the projects we've been having in. Um, so that's the reason. Great. Thanks for that explanation. Mission comments. Any public comment? Commenters on this? Not at this time. I'm sorry. Commissioner comments. I, I didn't unmute. This is Susan. I do have a meeting next week. It's the first ad hoc meeting for the Water Pure, uh, the Water Pure Ad Hoc Committee. And uh, what I'd like to do is just give a written report and send it to uh, Deborah. And perhaps if it's all right, Deborah could send it to the commissioner so that you aren't three months late by the time I give an update. Is, is that okay, Susan or Miles? Um, I, I don't see an issue um, with that. Miles, yeah. do you want to comment? Yeah, Commissioner Mulgan, that is fine. And I would just encourage people um, not to reply or reply all, but we can transmit that, uh, that write-up that you share. Thanks, Susan. Look forward to Okay, that. thank you. I will do that. Uh, any other uh, commissioner's comments on this particular item, item six? I heard no public comment. Um, bring this back is, um, for uh, action. Entertain a motion. Okay, I will um, cover my embarrassment 
from jumping in earlier by uh, making a motion that the Water Commission cancel the regularly scheduled July 27, 2021 and August 24, 2021 meetings. Commissioner McCombs will second that motion. Thank you. Can we have roll call, please? Commissioner Ackerman? Yes. Commissioner Clyte? Yes. Commissioner McCombs? Yes. Commissioner Mulligan? Commissioner Mulligan? Yes. Commissioner Hoomner? Yes. We're going to get Susan a, a better unmute button for our <laughs> next meeting. All right, thank you. Item passes. Uh, this is the, our public comment uh, item. Any members of the public that wish to comment on something that's not on the agenda tonight? We have or no public have speakers. Huh? Okay. We have no public speakers. Okay. All right, let's move to commissioner communications. Does any of the uh, commissioners wish to report or provide a report? Well, I'll jump in. I got to spend a wonderful four hours today at a regional board stormwater permit workshop. So um, that process is coming to a conclusion. Actually, there was two hours devoted to Ventura County. Um, actually, uh, Commissioner um, Mulligan, one of your former colleagues from Cayugas, uh, actually spoke actually pretty eloquently, Henry. Um, talking about water resources, multi-benefit projects, um, how stormwater can be accomplished. Uh, there's a lot of focus on capture, infiltration, and reuse. I will just uh, mention that they're going to have in July four days of, of hearings, potentially adopting that permit. So um, um, very interesting. Uh, several of our local electives, including Assemblyman Bennett and uh, Former Mayor Levine spoke today. Um, so, if you're interested, uh, that process will continue over the uh, couple days in July. Anything else? Anything what changes else? are they looking at? Well, what changes are they looking at? The fundamental issue is uh, actually now looking at a separate permit. Uh, this permit process is lumping us in with LA County. And uh, so there is a request to have a separate MS4 permit like we've had traditionally over the last 20 years. And the other huge issue is the inclusion of numeric effluent limitations. And those that know the, the wastewater world, those are end of pipe, um, it's a very stringent, um, their stormwater realm is, is much different in terms of uh, your ability to capture and control pollutants and, and either treat or release. And so that, that's a very fundamental shift that the, the regional board has included um, in this permit and, and potentially puts uh, a number of the permittees in, in some jeopardy. And then there's cost uh, considerations. These TMDLs, total maximum daily load, which uh, staff admitted is the driver. Um, wet weather bacteria. Uh, I won't go into reasons uh, why that is problematic, but that's a 
multi-million dollar cost driver and really there's uh, there's much discussion of uh, technical feasibility in terms of um, how those numbers will ultimately be met. So um, talk of money, which we don't have, um, like LA County does, they have a, a stormwater measure, measure W, and we don't, and, and how do you pay for all this? So similar to what we've been talking about, water supply and how to pay for these things. Uh, similarly, how does the city of Ventura going to pay for some of these stormwater improvements? But thanks for asking. I do have a, a brief report. Go ahead. If that's okay. Um, I recently uh, participated in a meeting uh, with the public relations coordinators for the Water Resources Board, the state agency, uh, which is uh, looking at the aquifer exemption request for the Vacatar Sands uh, development under the lower aquifers of the Fox Canyon aquifer system. So uh, this is an issue I'm tracking because I am concerned about potential contamination of uh, uh, the drinking water resource in, in that aquifer. And um, so a date for the public meeting on this has not yet been set, uh, but they are beginning to organize for it and asked for um, any um, recommendations for who to include. I did say Ventura Water definitely should be included, as well as, of course, Fox Canyon Groundwater Management Agency. Uh, so, Susan Rungren, if you have a particular person or you yourself want to be involved, um, let me know. I'll let the, let the uh, state contacts know uh, on that particular issue. And again, this is for uh, steam uh, development of um, tar sands that underlie uh, the bottom of the Fox Canyon aquifer. So it's an issue we should be concerned about. So I'm continuing to track that issue. Thank you, Nova. Anybody else? Okay, with that, I'll conclude the uh, commissioner communication item and turn it over to our general manager for the report. All right, um, have kind of a, a small report um, this time, but I do want to give you um, some staffing updates. There's been a couple of retirements in the public works department. So we have a vacant principal engineer in, in charge of design and construction, which is CIP, and also a vacant senior engineer position. Um, so public works is looking to fill those positions. We anticipate hiring our fourth Ventura water team engineer soon. So that's good. Um, and then we do have some recent retirements in our wastewater staff. Um, so um, we always seem to have, you know, a few vacancies, but um, anyway, we're working with our public works department to try to, to maintain services and, and get that rolling. So um, past council information. So on the 7th, there were budget discussions. There continue to be budget discussions. They also reviewed the information technology strategic plan, and that's basically the IT department for the city. And then on the 14th, a couple of things got approved for us, the Oxnard Plain Aquifer Monitoring Well, and uh, that's through our Public Works Department and, and Linda through Ventura Water Pier. 
So that's moving forward. We also approved our general services agreement for on-call services for the water department just for construction when we have main breaks, et cetera. Um, and that's like an annual contract we have with, with different construction services. And then also a master service agreement. We've had several amendments to that for our systems and software that really helps with our utility billing in our advanced metering infrastructure systems. And they did, uh, the final draft 2020 urban water management plan was approved by council unanimously. Um, want to thank Water Commission. They did give you guys a shout out. So um, they felt, you know, they don't have to do much of the heavy lift. You guys are doing that and doing a great job. So I wanted to let you know that. So that's good. Um, and then again, budget discussions. And so then last night they adopted the budget. So we are moving forward. Excellent. And with that, we will see you in September the 28th. And if you have any questions, I'd be happy to answer them. Any questions for Ms. Rundgren? Oh, I should also mention there is a state of the city address and it's taking place on Thursday and you can sign up for it. Maybe um, I'll get together with Deborah and we can send you the, the invite and it's just, it's free, um, but it might be something good for, for some of you to watch. And that's it. Okay. Uh, any questions from the commissioners? All right. Well, I wanted to, uh, before I close out, uh, I don't know whether this is going to be my last meeting or not as your chair or on this commission, but uh, um, we did have some interviews for the appointments, upcoming appointments. I did want to thank Ventura Water staff, fellow commissioners, and members of the public. Um, and I want to wish everybody in that regard uh, a very pleasant summer. So unless anybody has anything further, um, I'll adjourn this meeting about 7.15 tonight. Everyone have a good evening. Thank you. Happy summer. Thank you.